This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-630-6720. That's 800-630-6720. This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. This is Jonathan Dunn. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. Happy New Year. Happy 2016. I hope you and your family had a very peaceful, um, relaxing Christmas and New Year. There's a lot of things that have gone on since we last spoke. A lot of bad things have happened. And today's show, I kind of want to look back to the past, what's happened in the last year, and sort of lay the groundworks of where I want to take this show in 2016. Because bad times are coming. I don't think anyone can look around at the world today and not be concerned. I don't think anyone today can look at the world and think, yeah, we're in a good spot. We're doing okay. Whether it's terrorism, whether it's the right to state sovereignty, the national debts, Iran getting a nuclear weapon, uh, the recent testing of the H-bomb by North Korea, China. There are so many obstacles facing this world right now. And yet there's one we never really speak about, or we touch on it. And that is the fighting of real tyranny. Tyranny on each and every level. We need to have, I believe, a revolution of thought. A revolution of ideas. As 2016 approaches, and is here now, and going forward... What principles are eternal anymore? I watched during the holidays. I, I'll be honest, I was very quiet over the holidays. I took a step back because I got sick and tired of the daily grind. But we can't even argue why ethanol subsidies are a bad thing anymore. There are candidates now saying that other candidates need to get with it and you know stop saying ethanol subsidies are bad. If you can't argue against ethanol subsidies, we may as well just give up. But that's for later on in the show. To start today's show, I kind of wanted to talk to you about 2015. And I wanted to ask you some questions because it's time to ask the tough questions. It's time to be self-reflective. If you can't be reflecting and reflective on your on yourself and on the mood of the nation and America and the world as a whole uh, and the new year, where we all make New Year's resolutions, we keep some, we forget them, we forget others, we fail at others. But each new year, regardless of your background, most people will believe it's a time for renewal, it's a time for a new you, 
I I work in stores and I see all these magazines. You know, make 2016 the year you become the better you. You know, become better looking, lose some weight, make more money, open that business. But let's look at 2015. And I'd ask you to cast your mind back to January 1st, 2015. What did you feel? What did you say on January 1st, 2015 was your New Year's resolution? What were you going to do in 2015 to make a difference? What was the political climate going to do in 2015 to make a political difference? What was your church going to do in 2015 to make this a better world? What was your community going to do on January 1st, 2015? They said, we're going to do this this year and we're going to make our community, our families better. And what exactly have you done? What are some of the stories you think of when you look back on 2015? What are some of the big headlines that you remember? Or the things that, quote unquote, were achieved? I just wrote down a quick list of things I remember from 2015. I want to share them with you. What does 2015? Well, it's the year... The woman of the year was a man, Caitlyn Jenner. I remember 2015 being the year of the BLM, both of them, both the Bureau of Land Management and Black Lives Matter. I remember terrorism. I remember the first Paris attack and the second Paris attack. I remember Garland. I remember the horrific shooting in South Carolina. I remember the Supreme Court's historically horrific decisions on Obamacare and gay marriage. I remember everyone talking about a lady called Rachel Dozell and is she white and is she black and is she this and is she transcolored. I remember 2015 being the year, well, change is going to happen because guess what? The Republicans, the Republicans now have the Senate. I remember the 10 things in 100 days or something like that. The 10 things the GOP were going to do. I remember, because we're talking politics, I remember how things were going to run different in Congress this year because John Boehner stepped down. I remember 2015 being the year of Ebola. I remember 2015 as the year Cuba and US and diplomatic relations, you know, the thaw was over. I remember her historic Bibi Netanyahu speech before Congress where he pleaded with the American people to stand up against the Iranian nuclear deal. And of course, because the world wouldn't be complete today without some type of bailout 
I remember 2015 being the year Greece got yet another bailout. These are just some of the topics I could have went on and on. I just, before I started this show, I wrote down a few things of what I remembered this year. Oh, and it was the year Pope Francis went to the state capitol and gave a speech and didn't really talk about abortion. But that's a different story. What freedoms have we won in 2015? Actually, do you know what? Let's stop with the freedoms. What arguments have we truly won in 2015? What seeds have we planted that will grow another day in 2015? How have we positively changed the world? Because from a, just from a purely political point of view, what frustrates me most about quote-unquote conservatives and folks on the right right now is it's amazing how it happens. We focus on elections and you buy the hype of, well, just if we got the Senate, if we just got the Senate, things would be different. You got the Senate and automatically the priorities change. You won the election, you got what you wanted but you didn't lay any groundworks of what you were actually going to achieve or win arguments. And now, no one's putting pressure on Congress. No one's, no one's putting much pressure on the GOP. The whole focus is 2016 and the presidential election. Let me be brutally honest with you. If we don't start winning arguments, if we don't start planting seeds for future growth on principles and freedom if we don't start to humanize the individual it doesn't matter who wins in 2016 it does not matter because here's the thing if we continue on the path we're on where all we see is a political solution 2016 comes and ever who your candidate is whether it's Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, Carly Fiorina, Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush. Ever who your candidate is. When they get elected, and if they get elected, you'll be focused on, well, do you know what we need? We just need to ensure we have the House and the Senate under the GOP. Because we all know, right, it's great having the presidency and it's a great thing to have. But if you haven't got Congress underneath your president, you can't get out and done. And it'll all be about 2018. And then 2018 will come and go. And then it'll all be, well, it's 2020 now, you know. we got to keep our guy in there, our girl. we got to keep them in there. Let's just keep doing it. And all the time, you're losing more and more freedoms. Your debt is getting bigger and bigger. The world is becoming more and more tyrannous. And we don't achieve anything. I don't talk politics on this show for a reason because I'm bored of it. I'm sick of it. But also because I don't see it as an answer. It plays a very small part. The answer to America's problems are your people. I am here to testify to your greatness, to all the things you can do, if you really want to. Your nation is exceptional. 
you take a snapshot of the world and everything that is good in it America has played some type of role in it big or small but that's your people that isn't your people coming together and saying we're going to get that person into the White House and that person into Congress and that person into the Senate and they will do great things that's not what your people is about that's not what your history is about and that's not what your founding fundamental principles are about that's what my nation is about that is what other nations are about I gotta take a quick break America but I want to talk to you about 2016 when we come back and the horrific events that happened this week with the president and executive overreach and yet again another executive fiat this time on guns I'll be right back stick with me America you're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network Law attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-630-6720. That's 800-630-6720. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with me during the break, America. As always, I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple. At Freedom Disciple. Give me a follow, give me a tweet. Let me know where you think I'm right or where you think I'm wrong or things, things you think I've missed. So, the first segment I was talking about just remembering 2015 and some of the issues that just came to my head. Just very quickly, there wasn't any thought or reason put into it. It was just the the headlines that I remembered and the things that happened. Now I would ask you to, over the weekend or during the week, whenever you have a few moments, visualize it been January 1st, 2017. And ask yourself, as a nation and as an individual and as a family, what would you like to achieve this year? When I look back, been, it's been January 1st, 2017. When you look back in 2016, what is it you want to achieve? What is it you want to make a difference? I'm sure some, because of the year that's in it, will focus on an election result. Will focus on, I just want my candidate to win. But what else? Surely there has to be a deeper meaning than just a election result. For me, I'm going to share what some of mine are. This is the year I'm going to go all out in helping your nation. In case you missed the, the last show of 2016, tomorrow I'm flying out to New York for four days 
and then I'm flying on to Texas and I'm going to start speaking out. I'll speak anywhere that will have me. I'm going to start testifying in person anywhere I can in a church, in a college, in a tea party meeting, anywhere to the greatness that is America to the principles you are founded on I'm going to testify that says you are the hope of America it's not a politician it's not a political party it's you the people you the individual because one thing I am deeply troubled about is we're being divided in so many ways you're following Europe and the rest of the world you no longer see a human being you no longer see your heart a mind a person you never you no longer see me as Jonathan you no longer see Mary as Mary and John as John what we see is a race is a color is a creed is an age is an education is a class is a set of beliefs we're divided up is how we label ourselves whether you're a republican or a conservative or a conservatarian or a libertarian we've been broken up into how you voted in the last election but I also see it's been broken up into two sets of people and that's the Thomas Paine quote I believe we have it in our, our power to change the world I see a growing number of people who now believe they can't change the world I see a growing number of people who have succumbed to the Leviathan who think they can't make a difference I have seen and I am seeing growing number of Christians who think being a Christian is going to church and praying and that they can't make any other difference I reject this ideology and I reject the notion that says you as an individual cannot make a difference because I believe as Thomas Paine said we have it in our power to change the world Today it's easier than ever to change the world. All the social media platforms you have, you can get a message out there. All the access to technology, setting up a website, you can get a message out there. You can speak to more people today than you could have spoken to at any other time in the history of the world. You can make changes to people's lives. You can make changes to the person sitting to the left of you and to the right of you. You can make changes to the person in another state, another country, another continent. And I believe that is the hope. That is the hope for the future. And to encourage and try and inspire others to believe that I don't know what you're going to do, I don't know what role God has for you, but you can make a difference. You have a purpose on this world and that purpose isn't just to exist I was watching as I said earlier on I, I took Christmas off 
I had, took a few weeks off with the podcast. I was busy with my Irish job and the time of year it was. It's our busiest time. And I didn't really watch much news. I looked at a few stories here and there. And I actually watched a couple of movies and I just sat back and I wasn't analysing them whether they had a progressive agenda or a statist agenda. I was just watching them. Watching, catching up with different telly I had missed over the last couple of months. And I was watching a movie. And I wasn't paying much attention. I was just watching it. Just sitting there watching it, enjoying the story. And it was the remake of Robin Hood. The, the one with Russell Crowe in it. And all of a sudden there was a scene in there with a saying. And it just won't leave me. And I want to talk to you about it for a minute or two. And the scene is where Russell Crowe is, is Robin gets Loxley's sword and he's delivering it to his father because Robin Loxley has died in the movie and he has the sword and the sword has a handle and the metal that around the handle has become loose and frayed so he unwraps it and he unwraps it and he unwraps it and down both sides of the sword there's a saying he keeps saying it and the saying is Rise and rise again until lambs become lions. And it hit me for many different reasons. And I want to share a few with you right now because I think it's apt for where we are for 2016. First of all, rise and rise again. It acknowledges that there is failure. Today I see so many people, it's all about winning. It's all about winning. Just get the right person. Just win the next election. There has to be a deeper meaning. A more principled meaning. And yes you might fail the first time. Or you mightn't be successful. But it's all about planting seeds. And keep on rising. Until lambs become lions. We must plant seed today that is can be used today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, next decade. Plant those seeds of freedom so that we can rise today but we can also rise at a time in the future. And until lambs become lions we must inspire millions of people to rise up but to rise up to what the easiest thing you can do in the world right now is rise to anger and rise to hate it is the easiest thing you can do I do it I, I get the frustration. I, 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 I'm at a point where I can't listen to your president speak. I have to read transcripts. And every so often, the Irish media will play a clip. They played one the other day. I was driving in the car with gun control. And I said, you liar. The easiest thing to do, react on the spot with hate and anger. 
how are those people remembered? Look at your own history. I'm inspired every day by your history for many different reasons. I hope I've shared a few over the year, last year's shows. But who are the lines of America? Who are the people that we remember today? And not only remember, but quote. Who are the people that we you look on fondly and admire? Some of the lines of America are people like Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, George Washington, Ben Franklin, Abraham Lincoln, Ronald Reagan, MLK. These are the lines of each generation. How did they act? Were they all just about winning? Were they all just about the next election? Were they all just about get them? Or were they about something bigger? Becoming aligned and well trained and understanding that hate and anger is the easiest thing to feel, but that you must rise and rise again to have some deeper meaning, a meaning of principles. It is a hard job being a Christian. Especially right now when you see Christians vilified all around the world. It is hard to share show love when there is so much hate. But we have a choice. Sorry, you have a choice. And it's very simple. You can follow the principles of the French Revolution and pretty much every other revolution in the history of the world. But I'll focus on France for this point. You can focus on the tenets of French Revolution politics. Where it's all about liberty and equality and brotherhood. Which is, it's okay once you agree with me. But if you disagree with me, your rights are non-existent. You can focus on the French Revolution style politics I'll give you a spoiler it doesn't end well I'll give you another spoiler it involves quite a lot a guillotine oh and I'll give you one more spoiler it involves multiple revolutions because what you have is one side getting power and enacting their will on others And then that other side seeks to get power. And it gets power. And it enacts its will on those people. And it's tit for tat. There is no happy ending. Or you can choose another path. A path each American should be very, very familiar with. It's the path of your own history. The path of the American Revolution. The path that says, I got a list of grievances against the king, but I'm not going to talk about them quite yet. I'm going to start laying out a charter, a charter of liberties, and I'm going to start talking about all men being created equal. 
and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights and among those life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. That's the choice facing you today. And your actions or your inactions will decide which road you travel individually, as families, as communities and together as a nation. I know which one I'm rooting for you to choose. Hint, it wasn't the French Revolution. Because look at France today. Is that something you want to become? Look at Europe. Is that something you want to become? Or do you want to become what you've already been in the past? And better. You have this choice. And remember one thing. It is always darkest before the dawn. You face many, many challenges. There is no question. But you can overcome them. There isn't one thing facing America today that your people, I'll say that again, your people cannot overcome. The choice is, do you believe you can make the world a better place? Or do you believe, no, I'm just a number. I'm just another person. I'm dehumanized. I can't make a difference. Sure, what could I do? I'm only me. Please wake up. And please be inspired to make a difference. 2016 has the capabilities of being great year for America but only if you return to your founding principles and start winning the argument again and it could be something small that you achieve in 2016 heck if you all you achieve in 2016 is win the argument on ethanol subsidies and a principle fashion of why government shouldn't be involved in the free market that's huge but start winning an argument It doesn't have to be on ethanol, it can be on the debt, on the minimum wage, on socialised medicine, on government overreach, on government departments, on regulations, on gun control, which we'll talk about in a minute, on the BLM, which we'll talk about in the last segment of the show. Or just overcoming black lives matter. Yeah, they do. All lives matter. Because I read it in our Declaration of Independence that all men are created equal. All lives matter. Imagine if you could just show that love and overcome those arguments. The change in the mood that your nation would have and would have really quickly. i got to take another quick break, America. I hope you'll stick with me past these ads. I'll be right back. This is Freedom's Disciple. With Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. We're about 20 days and change from the Iowa caucus that will change everything. 
Who wins? Who places? Who shows? Well, we're a few days away from a debate. Covered right here, of course, all over on The Blaze. Who goes into New Hampshire a winner or a loser? Jay Severin. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On The Blaze Radio Network. is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I want to get to gun control and the BLM protests. But before I do, I want to just finish off what I was saying in the last segment by just making one point about planting seeds. And planting seeds not only for today, tomorrow, but next year, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road. I want you to imagine that your person wins in 2016, ever who that person is. And let's say everything that they say they're going to do, they get done. All the issues that are important to you, that your candidate is talking about, they get everything done that they want to get done. Here's why you need substantial, deeper change than just politics. Because what happens in four years when re-election comes and they don't get re-elected? What happens after, if they do get re-elected after eight years and they've served their two terms and it's time for them to go on? You have to refight each and every battle that you've just quote-unquote won from the last four or eight years starting in 2024. If we only look for a political situation, we will never, ever truly win real freedom. Because it will always be up for debate at the next election. It will always be up to be reversed, returned. And bear in mind, when I say reversed or reduced, I don't just mean from the Democrats. Again, I want to bring you to your history. And recent history, for every Ronald Reagan that gives you eight years of a respite or a hope, for every time you get a Ronald Reagan, he is followed up, not necessarily by a Democrat, but by someone who then starts speaking about compassionate conservatism. If we only seek a political solution, it can change like that. However, if we get to a point where we plant seeds, where the people make the changes, elections are important, yes. But where we win the arguments on the ground, those arguments can be timeless. Those arguments don't just have an expiration date of two, four, six or eight years. They can have a lot longer life. That is why I am so focused right now, not on politics, but on your people. Your people is what makes America unique. I say this many times and I'll keep saying it. The history of the world is filled with plenty of leaders. Whether they're politicians, whether they're presidents, whether they're prime ministers, whether they're kings, queens or dictators. 
The world has had plenty of different countries, colonies, empires. Only one America. And that is because America is unique and exceptional. Not because of politicians or political parties or some way of just doing things. It is exceptional because you harness the power of the individual. The American people is what makes America great and exceptional. Not a president or a political party. Now with that being said. This week was a nightmare for freedom. Yet again. Your president. Mr. I have a pen and I have a phone. Well so do most Americans Mr. President. Decided. He just had to act. He just had to do something. I love how the media are starting to talk about, well, is this the final piece of the Obama legacy? It's that type of thinking that really pisses me off. I don't care what person it is or what party it is. This isn't about a legacy. This is about freedom. This isn't about empowering anyone. This is about empowering the individual. To make their own choices. So yet again. Your president. With the help of the media. Is out there spinning lies. On guns. Is using all the phony stats. About gun violence. He's now including. Which I always find funny. He uses the stats of every gun crime in in America. Yes, doesn't ever talk about his own home city in Chicago, where they have some of the toughest gun control laws and some of the highest crime rates and gun crime rates. He's now including suicide. If this proves one thing, it proves this to the utopian statist or to use the language that you might be familiar with in America progressive, left, liberal there is no line they won't cross to get power sure he can muster all the phony tears he wants he can I'm say I'm so angry he can pound his little fist but they will take power at every opportunity. They will seek to empower themselves and future governments at each and every opportunity they get. Now there is some questioning why is he doing this? And I want to share my opinion of why he's doing this and, and one of the fears I have with this executive action. I think he is being a typical weak politician and realizing his quote unquote legacy and understanding that I had eight years in the White House, two of them with democratic control and on guns, which I've spoken about quite a lot, I've done really nothing. And as it becomes closer and closer to the end of his presidency, no one cares. 
So I think that is the reason, is the timing for now. It's now or never for this president. And that is what he has done. Even though, depending on what way he does it, these executive orders won't come in to fruition till the end of the year. It's basically a safety net for himself. That if something happens, God forbid it doesn't, but there's a mass shooting, another one, anywhere. He not only can use it to say, well, I need more power, but also discover himself saying, I did something. At least I did something, I tried. And you see, the thing about the left is the NRA is great for them. You know, in a weird way, in a sick way, the Democrats should really give a lot of money to the NRA. Because they're like a puppet they just keep bashing. Because even in his press conference the other day, I didn't watch it, I just read some of his transcripts. Uh, I read as much as I could stomach. He talks about the gun lobby and 90% of people wanted these laws and and they approve of you know background checks but the NRA gun lobby just stopped them and Congress or the Senate stopped it no matter what happens it will never be the state's fault it will always be the NRA's fault but the second fear I have and this is the bigger fear because a lot of these executive orders won't come into power while he's in office going forward by the time they write it up and it goes through the legal process and this is my biggest fear is that it's just a pawn he is planting a seed for a future administration or a future opposition to a current administration and let me explain the one thing the left are very good at is planting seeds you're seeing one of those seeds come to fruition over the last couple of years and it will go into overdrive if Hillary Clinton is the nominee and that seed is the war on women that seed was planted in 2007 and then when Barack Obama became the nominee it was still planted, you know, the war on women, the Lily Ledbetter Act, you know, how Republicans are just so sexist, and the famous Cory Cory, Cory Gardner banned birth control ad. It's all building. It's building a seed. And that tree is growing and growing very slowly. And if Hillary Clinton is the nominee, you'll have the war on women and hyperdrive and on steroids. But that just didn't come in 2016 or 2015 that was planted all the way back in 2007 I fear yesterday's executive order is Obama's legacy Obama's safety net but also he knows because people have said it like Ted Cruz that the first thing he's going to do when he gets into the White House if he's elected is overturn each of Obama's unconstitutional executive orders Well, he's just made another one on guns. 2016, 2017, if 
Ted Cruz or ever what other candidate is the Republican and wins and overturns it, it's now another issue. You overturned it. And that issue becomes mainstream yet again. It's planting those seeds. It's planting a seed for constant division. It is planting a seed to win political power. Because most people will think the Republicans are pretty much going to win in 2016. Because the economy is so bad, foreign policy is so bad, there's a good chance the Republican wins in 2016. Especially with Hillary Clinton. So we need to plant seeds that we can water and use sometime down the road as an opposition party. Or, if somehow Hillary Clinton or someone else wins, one of the most important words in law is precedent. Don't forget, for every Roe v. Wade, there is the case in Connecticut about birth control that led to Roe v. Wade. Precedent in law is so important. So if Hillary Clinton gets into power, or another Democrat, they can use that executive order as a platform for more and more gun control. And what's frustrating is, and what I feel people don't do enough, especially on the right, is we don't win the argument on guns. You know, it's funny... Of all the amendments to your constitution, the one that is so clear is your second amendment. I don't know how else you can be more clear than shall not be infringed. I love when people talk about, you know, well, Congress wouldn't act, so I will. Yeah, there's a reason Congress can't act, because unless they go through an amendment process and change the constitution, they can't act shall not be infringed. How many times do we win the argument on the Second Amendment? How many times and how many people actually make a good principled debate that says you can't take people's right away? I'll go one step further. You now have a candidate on the Republican side going, I think most Americans would agree, you know, if you're on the terror watch list, you can't have a gun. This frightens me. Regardless of what you think of the candidate in question, I don't care. I don't want to debate them. The fact that you can have a situation where you have a constitution that says, these rights are given from God. And we have the Bill of Rights, the Second Amendment. Not only do you have the Second Amendment, but it says, and I'll repeat once again, shall not be infringed. You have now a candidate saying, yeah, well, what we're going to do is we're going to take someone's rights away, but don't worry, there's nothing to worry about, nothing to see here, because you know, if they're innocent, they can always apply to get them back. Do you have to apply for your other rights that are given from God or your Creator? Is that how rights work? Yeah, I'm a free person, but anything I want to do, I have to get permission first. 
Now think about that in the grand scheme of why that is really dangerous. In just an aspect of, I don't know, let's say, oh, I don't know, free speech. Yeah, we're going to shut you up and we're going to shut your website down. But, you know, if you're innocent, you can you can apply for your First Amendment rights back. Yeah, we're going to shut your church down and we're going to shut your pastor up and your preacher up. But, you know, if they're innocent, they can always apply to get their rights back. Is that how rights work? What seeds are we planting? We must win the arguments on all of these issues. But if we can't make an argument where the Constitution is as clear as day, shall not be infringed, what are we doing if we can't win that argument? Or we can't win an argument where the first some of the first words of your first document, the Declaration of Independence, are all men are created equal. Well, if one person can go around saying, I've got a pen and I've got a phone and I'm going to tell you what you can and can't do, then how can you really believe in equality? And last time I checked, I thought equality was a left issue. We face many issues. But it's time to start winning the argument, not winning the election. The elections come secondary. Let's start winning the argument. Let's start planting seeds of freedom, of principles, not of brotherhood, but of the individual. And let's work together so that, please God, when I'm doing this show in January 2017, I can come to you and say, let's look back at 2016. 2016 was the year this freedom was re-established. That we won this argument. That we finally won the Second Amendment argument. Or we finally won why there is no such thing as a minimum wage. Or we finally won the argument why there should be no ethanol subsidies. Or we finally won the argument of my next topic I wish to discuss with you briefly. The BLM. Let's meet in January 2017 and say this year we finally struck a blow for freedom. Not for an individual or a political party or someone becoming president, but for a principle of freedom. i got to take one more quick break, America. I hope you'll stick with me for the last bit of this show as I discuss the Bureau of Land Management. I'll be right back. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. And there have been terrorist attacks against Russian aircraft in the Sinai and a Russian civilian airliner, and there have been attacks in Turkey. So the whole region is obviously in a state of turmoil and, and violence. And it seems like the Obama administration's policy has largely been to defer to the actions of the international community, and their actions have largely been no actions. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I hope you've enjoyed today's show and it has given you some food for thought. Has made you think about what you want to happen and have happened in 2016 or what you want to fight for or what way you want to get involved. I want to finish out today's show. I only have a few minutes left by talking about this BLM Oregon issue and the militia and I I don't have time to get into the whole ins and outs of of the issue but I do have some thoughts I want to share with you briefly the first thought is a worrying one that the federal government just from a principle point of view Forget the personalities, whether you like them or dislike them involved. That the federal government can make an accusation against an individual, or in this case a father and son and a family. Can bring you to court. Can go through the legal process. Can find you guilty. Can sentence you for a period of time. That you can serve your time. And then, at a point down the road, can come back to you and say, you got away a bit lightly. We are going to give you another sentence. In the world where you're innocent until proven guilty, and where you serve your time and you pay your debt to society... The fact that you have a principle where you have a government that says we can come after you a second time is something that should have across the board appeal. It should have a consensus that says this is morally, morally wrong. Because if you can sentence someone a second time, why not a third time? Why not a fourth time? Why not a fifth time? And that is one of the reasons I feel sorry for this family. Because they served their time. But also what troubles me is, I believe a fundamental right with the justice system is a speedy and fair trial. The first accusation made against the Hammond family was back in 2001. 15 years ago. So for 15 years, this family, this business, this community has been dealing with this issue. And it just won't go away. I think of their wives, their kids, their sons, their daughters, their brothers, their sisters. The torment that must be causing them. Having this hang over your head. Again, I can't... Maybe I'm totally wrong here. Maybe I don't have the, my finger on the pulse of America anymore. But I find it hard to believe that if we take this case, not with the personalities involved, but on the principal side of it, that you wouldn't have cross-party support. And I don't mean cross-party as in the political parties. I mean as in voters, the people. Surely these are principles we can all unite on. That you... If you're, an accusation is made, you're innocent or proven guilty. 
then you go to the court and the justice system and if they find you guilty you get a tr- you get a trial or a, a sentencing trial then you pay your debt to society then it's done not that well we did we think you got off pretty lightly we're going to resentence you i find this very troubling from a principal point of view and the second point i want to make on it is the double standards in America. Earlier in this show I spoke about revolutionary politics of the French Revolution and the American Revolution. It troubles me deeply where we now have a period of time where it is French Revolution politics in the media and in society and in people who I've supported in the past people like Montel Williams with his situation on the vets and free Amir now openly calling for a violent end to the siege in Oregon yet the same people who are all for that are silent when a city has been destroyed like St. Louis like Baltimore like New York during Occupy Wall Street We must fight the temptations to be for brotherhood. And for one rule for my people and one rule for everyone else. We must rise above it. And while the mainstream media and politics will always try and broker those deals and and try and force that narrative and spin down your throat, we have to reach people at the grassroots who are on the opposite side that says that's not right what's the difference and my last point I want to talk to you today there are people calling for a revolution an armed revolutionary they're malicious This is very troubling to me for many reasons. But I want to share one with you right now. America, you are divided more than I have ever seen before. And arguably, it could go either way, but arguably more divided than you ever have been in your short history. I know people would say, well, what about the Civil War? The Civil War was kind of, you're on one side or the other side. Today, there are so many sides that you can pick and choose to be on. You're divided and carved up into little sections. And you are so divided. And hate is growing everywhere. You are primed, whether you like it or not, for a strong man or woman. And if you become tempted to fight a revolution, a violent revolution against this government against the government any government and you first don't have the seeds planted for real freedom and the afterwards and the aftermath of your revolution if you win you will have a strong man let me say that again more clearly if you don't have the seeds planted for freedom For after you win your so-called revolution, you will have 
anarchy and anarchy will lead to a strong man and then you will have brotherhood like the French Revolution that I spoke about earlier on now is the time to have a revolution of ideas now is a time to understand that real change doesn't come from a gun real change doesn't come from regulation real change doesn't come from politics or legislation real change comes in hearts and minds imagine I love people today talking about well 1776 to this is like 1776 if 1776 in your declaration of independence simply read the list of her grievances behind against the king I'd absolutely agree with you but 1776 was not about a list of grievances only against the king it was about charting a new way forward it was about saying all men are created equal and talking about God acknowledging God and listing the rights you have from God and coming together and then setting forward the framework that says when we get our revolution and when we win the revolution and when we are free we are going to have a charter of liberties and acknowledge God even further and acknowledge that an individual has certain God-given rights and this was enshrined in the Bill of Rights where is that today in some of the revolutionary arguments from people who want a revolution where is their declaration of independence that doesn't only list their grievances against Obama, against the Supreme Court, against the EPA, against the BLM, against the IRS? Where is their declaration of independence that says, this is exactly what I stand for, point by point by point by point? And when has that argument ever been won? It's so easy to fall for hate and to think, well, guns will solve everything. You win by hearts and minds. Martin Luther King. Most people admire him today. Do you think he won the civil rights with a gun? When people think, even people who are quote unquote uneducated. What's the one thing they know about Martin Luther King? I have a dream. It wasn't. When Martin Luther had a king. Martin Luther King had a gun. And he was all for violence interaction. No, Martin Luther King, even people who don't know who he was or what he did, when you say Martin Luther King to these people, they go, I have a dream. It's synonymous with him. You want to win? You want to win, really? You want to win like America won in 1776. You set a revolution of ideas. You win the argument. You plant the seeds of real freedom. Not freedom that suits you. But freedom for everyone. Not for speech you like. But speech for everyone. Not rights for people who voted the way you want them to vote. But rights for everyone. You want a real revolution. The hardest revolution you will ever fight is not one with guns, it's one without them. Anyone can fire a gun 
But it takes a real man to say, I'm going to change your heart and I'm going to change your mind. This is your history. This is the history of America that's been repeated time and time and time again. You may not want to hear us, but this is your history. The lines of the past, some of them, yes, had guns. But a lot of them changed the world by their actions, by winning hearts and minds, by planting seeds that they might reap. But if not, their sons and daughters would reap, or maybe it'll take to their grandkids. This is what I believe must happen, and I'm going to do everything on my power to make it happen. I'm going to try and plant real seeds of faith, hope, because we need hope. I am hopeful for the future because I understand America's past. My only time I don't have hope is when America rejects its own past and somehow dilutes their own minds and says, you know what, maybe the French Revolution was the best way forward. And love. Faith, hope and love. Those are some of the tenets and the seeds I'm going to try my best. I might fail. Chances are I probably will and that's okay. But this is what I'm going to plant my file my flag on and it isn't about winning or losing or becoming famous or becoming rich it's about doing the right thing and I hope you'll join me and I hope you will understand that you truly can make a difference that Thomas Paine was right that we have it in our power to change the world if we wish we do have that power you have that power You just have to believe it and understand the responsibility that comes with it. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, I salute your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, your vets, your heroes. Most importantly, I salute you, the great American people. You have it in the power, your hands, your power to change the world again. You did it once on July 2nd, 1776. Let's make 2016 the time you change the world a second time. God bless you, and God bless America. Freedom's Disciple, with Jonathan Dunn, on demand. The Blaze Radio Network.